think that's everything going. So um, you're in shot. So if you want to clap, Luke. Okay, we ready? Rolling? Yep. Okay, ready? Hello, everybody. This is the Stronghold Podcast. We're coming at you from Stronghold MMA in Singapore. And, uh, you know, dude, I'm pretty excited for this podcast. I'm here with Jake, the producer. What's up, Jake? How you doing? Just pressing buttons frantically as we uh, start off. Listen, I'll, I'll just be honest to anybody listening to this podcast. We are not in the clearest of minds. We are all over the place right now. Uh, my uh, One of the hardest working students I know who's sitting behind. Uh, Vlad, go behind Jake. Just directly behind him for me. And kneel down. Kneel down a little bit. So that's my brother Vlad right there, right? Vlad is one of the hardest working students I know. He's a, a Russian. Oh, thank you, man. He's a, a Russian kid who's been training his ass off for the last year with me. He's here six days a week, three hours a day, doesn't take a day off. And, uh, you know, he's leaving pretty soon, so we're not going to be able to see him much recently. And we're all kind of bummed out, but we're celebrating. We're all pretty drunk. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest about it. We've had, they finished a whole bottle of vodka in a approximately five minutes i don't even know we had one shot we disappeared to set up and then when we came back that whole fucking bottle was gone so uh i, I would like to point out at this stage i'm fairly sober at this point Compar comparatively <laughs> hey, to everyone else you know what the key word here is fairly fairly sober is the key word so uh we love vlad and uh we're, we're here celebrating we've had a bunch of beers and we've had some shots and by the way we've had one of the best fight weekends in months i would say probably since the coronavirus stuff happened we had an amazing fight weekend this just today we had the roy jones jr mike tyson fight there was a ufc on anthony smith versus devin clark and uh a lot there was the last week fight so for the listeners jake and i came in last week to record the podcast for the figueredo and uh, perez fight but while we were here the rain was just so crazy that we couldn't even record the podcast we sat here i mean like torrential downpour it sounded like a monsoon or something like that so we were sat here and then we were going to record a, a guillotine video because Figueredo finished Perez with a guillotine and guillotine happens to be my favorite move uh you know it, it's like uh probably all the people listening can relate everybody has like their a move you know Jake what's your a move if you had to pick What's the move that you, you know, you're a blue belt, but if you had, what's your purple belt move or what's your bet, whatever, what's your best move? De definitely X guard, Sing single leg X to a heel hook. Yeah. He's uh, my instant go-to every single occasion. Yeah, you're all about foot locks and heel hooks and, and stuff like that. And uh, for me, it was always the guillotine. Doesn't matter who I roll with, there's like a 5% chance I can catch you in a guillotine, right? Like black yeah, belt, yeah. any level. Even when I was a purple belt, I had a good one. And I'm not trying to gloat because I have some shitty ass techniques too, right? Like I have some sucky <laughs> techniques. I'm not a black belt in every technique, far from it. Uh, but the guillotine, I think, is my favorite move. And uh, we were going to record that video last week, and we got rained out. Uh, it kind of sucked. So, but this week we're back, and it's been one of the best fight weeks of the week. We have a loaded podcast for y'all. We have. The Tyson fight with Roy Jones Jr. We have the UFC. We have a couple freak show fights just to mix it up. There was a freak show fight in Russia where a 240 kilo fat ass motherfucker fought some girl. By the way, not exaggerating at all. It's no exactly lies. what it no sounds lies. like. It was 200 kilo, right? Mm. Over 200 kilo. Yeah. And then he fought some, I don't know, hunt, no, 60 kilo girl or something like that. So we got that freak show on for you. We have uh, we have an ass crack street fight. 
That's, that's the only way I can describe. How would you describe that, Jake? Um, two men trying to fight whilst one of them is half naked. No, and it's only butthole. All you yeah, see is oh, butthole. Pure, pure chocolate starfish. Nothing but that. And we're gonna share that with you all. You know, <laughs> so this is gonna be a fun podcast. It's gonna be a weird podcast. I am probably more buzzed slash drunk for this podcast at the beginning than any podcast I've ever done. So uh, we'll see where <laughs> how, how deep that goes and where it leads. And also for the listeners, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. In tandem with this podcast, we're also releasing the finish to the Anthony Smith Devin Clark uh, fight, which uh, Anthony Smith won. Spoiler alert: if you haven't seen it yet, Anthony Smith won via first round triangle choke. And uh, what I loved about this finish is that he used a, a basic triangle choke. I mean, this is like white belt, blue belt level triangle choke. So for all of you guys listening to this, if uh, a triangle is one of your favorite moves, and it should be because in my opinion, it's the best, uh, it's the best submission off your back. Most, a lot of people do arm bars, on platas, uh, various submissions from your back, but chokes are the king. Yeah, yeah. They, I, the Oma Plata is amazing, but you rarely see a finish from it. People use it to get the other person to roll, so then you can spin and get to side control. Like, I love an omoplata as well if we're talking moves, but I don't, I pull it not really expecting the finish just to advance position. Well, it, it works in the gi pretty well, but in no gi it's tricky. I know Ben Saunders, I think he was the first one to finish the omoplata in an MMA fight in the UFC. Yeah. Which is crazy because the omoplata is one of those moves where you you learn it as a white belt. I mean, most it's it's like triangle, armbar, omoplata, that's the trifecta of submissions that you see typically from the guard. And, uh, See, I've had a lot of beer. I lost my train of thought. I lost my train of thought. It's like, okay, I got it back. Point is, these are the three submissions that you typically see in tandem when you're on your back, like, for example, in the closed guard. And uh, it was really nice to see Anthony Smith hit this triangle from the closed guard because it's a, it's a bread and butter submission. Everybody will learn an overhook triangle within the, like, white belt, blue belt. And so uh, uh, with this video, we're going to tag it and we'll link it and what is it, 10 minutes or something? We did oh, no, a 10-minute no. video? Yeah, seven minutes, five minutes. Okay, perfect. So we yeah. did like a less than 10-minute long video on how to set up this this triangle. I don't know the quality of the video. I can't <laughs> I can't speak for that because uh, we'd already drank two beers and a bottle of vodka when we filmed it. But, you know, we do what we do here. And uh, it should be good fun for all of you guys. So uh, let's get this podcast started. Jake, what are we doing, brother? Where are we starting? I think uh, we'll start with the ba Battle of the Old Men, the Tyson mm. Jones fight, which I I didn't watch. I was following along on the uh, like live stream on the Guardian because I was watching the UFC at the time. But you watched it? Yeah, I watched it. I was I, I you know basically phoned in my job, and when everybody else was doing jujitsu and I'm supposed to be teaching class, I'm sat there on my laptop watching this damn thing unfold while everyone else is working, you know, and uh, <laughs> nobody was teaching class because this is the tricky thing, man. For the listeners, you know, I work from 10 until 3 or 4, roughly speaking, uh, a.m., like 10 a.m. until 3 or 4 p.m., and in Singapore, that's exactly when the fights take place. So even today, I saw the prelims. I saw, um, I'm so foggy right now, man. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm so foggy. But I saw, I saw most of the prelims, like four fights on the prelims. And then basically at 10 o'clock, we have kids' classes. And on the weekend, there's a ton of kids. So uh, I'm kind of in and out trying to sneak a peek when I can. But I watched most of the prelims. And uh, 
but by the time 12, which is like midnight stateside, 11, 12, 1 o'clock rolls around, I'm, I'm teaching class, so I have to go back and watch, watch later. But I'll tell you, if we're going to talk about the, the Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight, I was pleasantly surprised. And I'm pleasant. Well, let me amend that. I'm pleasantly surprised and expectedly disappointed. And, and I'm not disappointed in the fighters. I thought Roy Jones Jr. and Tyson, they fought. I was pretty critical about how I thought the fight would take place. So let me just clarify. I am Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. exceeded my expectations. But boxing, the WBC, and all of the alphabet bodies did what they always did which is disappoint every boxing fan in the history of the sport because Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson came to fight. Tyson, he pushed the pace, man. You could tell, you could tell at the beginning of the fight, like within the first 30 seconds, that Tyson was throwing heat, which I didn't expect, to be honest, because, and I, I put this on my Facebook, and I, I made a, a prediction that turned out to be true, but wasn't the most accurate that... You know, uh, for the people that followed the fight, Jake, uh, while, while we're chatting, can you bring up the rules of the fight? There was like a meme I saw and, or a graphic or something, and it talked about the rules going into the fight. You know, there were no knockouts allowed. A cut would end the fight. Uh, Two-minute rounds instead of three, and then there were eight, uh, only eight rounds, and there was all these stipulations with the fight, right? And, you know, Tyson and Roy are making millions of dollars for this fight. And I just thought, first of all, that it would be a snoozer, that it would be bullshit. Uh, because there's no knockouts. There were, and they said there would be no winner and all of this kind of stuff. And the crux of the fight, for me, came down to what the fighters and the trainers were saying and then what the WBC was saying. And the WBC was basically saying that, you know, they're the, they're the rule makers. They were saying that there's no winner you know, everybody's friends. So I got the, Oh, can you pull it up? Yeah. You have it already? All right, all right, all right. Okay, so let's... Can you uh, zoom in there and read that for me, Jake? So we got... Um, it's been a, sanctioned as an exhibition bout. It will take place over eight rounds, lasting two minutes each. The boxers will not be required to wear headgear. They will be wearing 12-ounce gloves. If either boxer suffers a bad cut, the bout is over. Three celebrity, and this is where it got screwy at the end, WBC judges will score the fight remotely. In yeah, and we're going we're gonna to come back to that. <laughs> yeah, anyway. we're going to come back to that um, in, a in an unofficial capacity. Winner will be announced and will be awarded a special frontline battle belt. And we'll come back to... Hold on, turn the camera to me real quick. We'll come back to winner shortly. Anyway... <laughs> And then, um, oh, the result will not count on either man's professional record. Okay, so straight away, I'm sure there's red flags in your ears as you podcast or YouTube listeners are hearing this. We, we all knew this going in. And if you're a regular boxing fan, this is no surprise. The alphabet sanctioning bo uh, bodies in boxing are the worst entities in the history of sports the nba the nfl the nhl the ufc the european football leagues okay maybe there's one jake you can probably vouch for me here maybe there's one thing that's worse than boxing sanctioning bodies and that might be fifa 
Uh, FIFA, Outside uh, of that, like, FIFA are a massively corrupt organisation. Don't get me wrong, but they don't. <coughs> WBC, yeah, they, they, IBO, you know. but they can't fix match results. Unlike in boxing, where it's like, well, if we do a draw, they can fight again, That's and we fair. can make more. So boxing is still number one. We can we can all agree, boxing is still number one. So, you know, we'll talk about the Tyson Roy Jones thing, and then we'll get to the Jake Paul shit and the UFC. But you know, I, I feel like the the moral of the story here in my eyes, was Tyson came to fight. Uh, Tyson came to fight, which I did not expect. I expected it partly, but, and, and I said, I put, I did a Facebook post earlier today where I basically said, which turned out to be true, but they exceeded my expectations. And what I said was, the contract had been signed. There are no knockouts. That, that's in the contract. Like, that's not just the fighters or the promoters or whoever. Talking shit, that, like the contract had been signed that they're not allowing knockouts. It's an exhibition fight, yeah. right? And Tyson made what ten million. Roy made three, two, three million, or whatever. Maybe there's something on top of that. And so, if one or the other were to knock, if Tyson were to knock Jones out, he loses all that money. It's against the rules. You can't just they can't knock each other out. And Mike fucking Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. are not giving up millions. This was the narrative going into the fight that drove me crazy. Because everybody, Joe Rogan, all of the commentators, Max Kellerman on ESPN, all of these people were like, oh, yeah, but Tyson's a knockout artist. When he gets in there, the instincts will kick in and blah, blah, blah. Right? And by the way, I'm not even shitting on Tyson by saying that, but I just know the narrative here. And... If you get paid $10 million to show up, you're not going to knock the guy out and forfeit all of that money no. because they're trying to fight, but they're also trying to save face, and they're also old, and they don't want head trauma, and I get all that, right? Like, I'm, I'm not shitting on the fighters. This is the sanctioning bodies that I'm shitting on, and nobody in the history of sports deserves more shit than the WBC, the WBA, all of these alphabet bodies that sanction boxing. And uh, shall I? F okay, I'll go into the corruption first. Okay, I'll go into the corruption first. First of all, for the listeners, Mike Tyson won that fight. There's oh, no so the so as I say, I didn't watch it because I was watching the UFC, but I was doing the follow along on the Guardian, and they scored it seventy nine to seventy three Tyson, and the three celebrity judges scored it a draw. I know this is <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> Oh, it makes me so upset. First of all, I don't want to go into conspiratorial territory here, but I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna go down that road immediately because each round they released the celebrity WBC champion judges scorecards or whatever. And they gave Roy Jones Jr. some rounds that they should not have given him. And it was funny because, like, the first three rounds, they, Tyson got all the judges' scorecards and everything. And, like, except maybe one. I mean, you know, you, you guys feel free to correct me because I was teaching class and I'm in and out. I watched the whole fight, but I'm, like, checking back to make sure no one's getting fucking choked unconscious. And I'm looking back and watching the fight and making sure no one's got the arm broken and blah, 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 right? So my attention is divided, but I'm focused mainly on the fights. And, uh... Well, I think it was the third or the fourth round that I started give, I started seeing that these celebrity judges and these WBC judges were giving Roy Jones Jr. rounds. And I mean, he wasn't doing anything. Here's the thing that surprised me most. And this is why I know T 
Tyson brought the fight because you could see within the first round that Roy looked shocked. He didn't expect Tyson to throw like he was throwing. And uh, I thought it was the perfect exhibition bout. And when I say that, I mean Tyson was throwing hard enough to hurt Roy. And Roy, later on, in the later rounds, he came on a little bit better. But in the later rounds, he was throwing, they were throwing hard enough to hurt each other. I thought it was going to be like a glorified sparring match. I thought they wouldn't risk shit. I mean, imagine being a 54-year-old Mike Tyson, and you know, you zig when you should have zagged, and you go into a punch that's like, you know, they're pulling it 30 or 40%, you zig, but your momentum is going into it, all of a sudden someone's flat on their back and they're not getting their money. Yeah. Right? That's what I was concerned about. I'll be honest with you. I was impressed with the power Tyson was throwing and you could see in between the first and the second round that Roy wasn't expect the body shots were hurting the head shots were hurting Tyson was throwing hard and Tyson looked good bro he was like he looked like a spring at the waist like he did when he was 20 like for you guys looking at me he was like good douche good douche coming up rolling the hooks the uppercuts were there the body shots were there he's he said as well that his, his cardio was like absolutely on point the cardio like, was on point Roy looked the most tired which I was surprised by because if you were to pick in their prime who was the cardio machine and who was the, yeah, Roy, the app, Roy was the cardio guy he doesn't fuck around but Roy Jones Jr. had bigger tits than my wife and that's no disrespect to my wife <laughs> That's just a fact. That's <laughs> just a fact. Yeah, he, he, he looked a little doughy, and Tyson looked jacked. Yes. I, I think Tyson came into that fight more prepared. I think he I, exceeded expectations, including what Roy thought he was going to get from Tyson. Tyson came into that fight more prepared than he came into fights at the end of his actual boxing career. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would actually agree with that. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I, I love Mike Tyson. I picked Roy to win. The reason I picked Roy to win is... There's a myriad of reasons, right? One, because Roy fought as recently as 2018 professionally. Not, not exhibition, not bullshit, like fighting good ranked guys. Tyson hasn't fought in 15 years, you know? And my thought process going into the fight was, okay, 15 years you don't train? Roy's been active until three years ago. So I thought getting off the couch, Roy would have the advantage. Granted, Roy had been knocked out pretty bad a couple times, but only a few times in his career, and he had some time to like some time off to rest. But excuse me. But I was just, I was impressed with the quality of the fight, which is number one. Number two, go back to the corruption. God, it's so it's boxing. I just <laughs> just boxing. Please, well, just why please boxing? boxing? Do better. Why? Just do better. Box. This is why the UFC is killing you. This is why more people watch one championship than boxing. Because, you know, Tyson clearly won the fight, and I'm sitting there with my students watching this thing happen. And then they're like, okay, we're gonna go to the judges' scorecard. Here's all the WBC judges. And then, like, literally all the commentators are like, oh, Tyson handily won the fight. And then they're sitting there, and there's some jerk off referee in the middle who's holding both their hands, and they're like, the official decision is here. And in my head, I'm like, here we go. And they're like, the judges just uh, declare the, vic uh, the fight a draw. And I'm just like, oh, God. Well, there's a surprise. Okay, here's some perspective. This is the four division undisputed boxing 
champion of Roy Jones Jr., one of the greatest pound-for-pound -pound fighters of all time, fighting the most iconic knockout artist in the history of boxing in his first real fight in 15 years that one person clearly won, and it's a draw. But then you see the interview at the end, and straight away you realize why it's a draw, because Roy Jones Jr. is like, maybe we can have a rematch. Can I have three million more dollars, please? Oh, I just, I, oh God. This is, I love, you know, I love boxing. I've been boxing for 15 years. I love boxing. It's my favorite thing. It's one of my favorite things to do of all time. And it's just like, they both fought well. Roy fought well, Tyson fought well. Like, I thought Tyson was more prepared. He looked better, which I didn't expect. I thought Roy would be the better prepared guy. But just to see this participation trophy between two of the greatest boxers of the last 20 years, I don't know, shout it off in the comments, but I was just like, I was really disappointed because it's an exhibition. It doesn't go on your professional record anyway. Give Tyson the win. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't count on your record. Tyson boxed better. He was better prepared. Like it was, it doesn't mean anything. But we don't want to, as viewers, watch this, especially people that paid for the pay-per-view, that were crunk to watch this fight, that devolved into exactly what everybody knew it would devolve into, which is boxing corruption. And it's, you know, it's boxing in a nutshell. That, that and the Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao fight, and that and the Canelo uh, Triple G fight is just all, the Timothy Bradley Pacquiao fight, these are all been fights in the last five years. And for you boxing people that listen to this, you all know exactly what I'm talking about. But you go on to that as well, and we've talked about it before, that they could have, like, the heavyweight division at this moment in time should be the greatest thing on the face of this planet. And you no, fuck it. it, none of you are fighting each other. Like, yeah. we're going to keep you all apart. I've just brought it up now. Deontay Wilder's insane excuses as to why he lost to Tyson Fury, <sighs> so, which we were going to talk about last week, and we missed it. It's like, oh my that's, God. That, to me, and I, I'm saying this with deep, deep regret and satisfaction. Deontay, Wild, Deontay Wilder, in my, I'm an American, right? And I follow the boxing closely. And people were crunk about Mike Tyson when yeah. he was knocking people out. Nobody in the history of boxing up until the second Wilder fight with Tyson Fury has the knockout percent, Klitschko, Tyson, all of the greatest, Joe Lewis, Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, no one in the history of boxing has a knockout record like Deontay Wilder. He's 210 pounds and he's the greatest knockout artist in the history of the hundreds of years of professional boxing. And then to hear him make these excuses and to not have the Joshua fight booked at some point and to not have the Fury Joshua fight booked at some point just goes to show you how fucked up and corrupt boxing is. And to not have the Pacquiao Mayweather fight booked when they're in their prime. There's just so many things that you're just like, what are we doing? And it's just, as a fan, it makes it so hard to get on board. These fights are past their prime, they're bullshit, and then you have Wilder talking about, how many excuses did he make? Six. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I loved him. He's an American with the greatest knockout percentage in the history of boxing. 
and you just hear excuse after excuse after excuse. And I love Wilder. He's got, he's got a daughter who's got these problems and he, he trained for three years and bronze medaled in the Olympics and came on to be the greatest knockout artist in the history of boxing. And you hear all of these excuses and these issues and all this shit. I'm just like, I try to give boxing a chance. I always watch it, but it just never feels like it's hitting the peak of interest when it does. And then even, even with this fight, right? Fucking Jake Paul <laughs> is the co-main event against a basketball player on an undercard with a 54-year-old Mike Tyson. And, and by the way, I'm not saying I'm sad these fights happen. I'm happy that, and there's entertainment to be had here. But if you really look at this and you take an objective perspective of the landscape of boxing, you're just like. <sighs> but if I'm if I'm Conor McGregor right now, like Jake Paul's calling out Conor McGregor. Now, you know McGregor's attitude is you take, and, and I love McGregor, but his attitude is you take the easiest fight for the most money. So him fighting Jake Paul is an absolute piece of piss for him. Oh yeah. And he will make what 100 million just because of the ridiculousness of the entire situation. Yeah. If I'm McGregor, I'm all over. Yeah, would you if you're Connor, would you rather fight fucking Manny Pacquiao who's the <laughs> current champion who just beat fucking um, uh, Keith Thurman at 40 years old or would you rather fight Jake fucking Paul? But even madder than that, which one of those two fights is going to make more money? Jake Paul I'd say. I don't, I, but no, the, if it wasn't for the UFC having to negotiate on behalf of Conor, I would agree with you. Because, but to get Conor to the table, they have to go through the UFC because he's exclusively signed. But okay, all of that aside, the, but the more interesting one that makes more sense is Jake Paul and Dylan Dennis. That is the one that makes sense to me. See, that's an interesting fight. That's actually interesting because Dylan Dennis' stand-up... Spoiler alert, it's not the fucking best, right? Connor would fuck Jake Paul up. He would fuck him up. Connor McGregor won rounds off of Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Connor McGregor starts Dustin Poirier. He beat Max Holloway. He knocked out Eddie Al like I only Connor McGregor's to win fucking legit. But Dylan Dennis is a different game. That is more interesting to me. And he was calling out both after his win. And by the way, just to touch on that, since you brought brought the top, did you manage to catch that one? You were watching the UFC, right? Yeah. The it was, <laughs> you know. Uh, again, probably not a spoiler to people who listen to this podcast, but go ahead and take a guess what happens when you put a basketball player <laughs> in a boxing fight with a YouTube celebrity who can actually box. And also, for the people listening, Jake Paul is the better boxer of the Paul brothers. Logan is okay, but anybody who knows boxing knows that Jake is actually the, the better of the two. Even when he fought in the undercard when uh, Logan Paul fought KSI, mm. you can tell Jake's the cleaner. He's yeah. The, he's just, everything's snappier. It's cleaner. He's not working for it. And this boxer, uh, can you, you pull up – do me a favor. Pull up his Wikipedia just so I can see what his deal was because I didn't hear about him before this fight. Which one? Nate? Uh, Jake Paul – Nate, whatever. Nate whatever, Robinson. Nate Robinson. Um, because the Pauls have been training for a long time now. Yeah. And if you want to, for the listeners, if you want to go back and watch this fight and you want to know a red flag to see when people fighting, you just saw this Robinson guy 
he was chasing for the knockout immediately. And when people are headhunting so much in the first round, like swinging bombs, that's what that is is fear. Because, you know, if, if, if you're listening to this podcast, for those of you that are fighters or for those of you who are just fans but have, have watched a lot, people that don't have fear don't feel like they have to chase the knockout. Like, they will let things unfold. They'll, they'll read. They'll see weaknesses. And when people just start throwing haymakers instantly, they know that their only chance is like the flash knockout, right? But as an experienced competitor, you just got to wait. You just got to wade through that. You got to keep your eyes open, keep your defense sharp. Those punches are going to block, go off the forearms, the gloves, the shoulders, or whatever. And uh, this Robinson cat was just firing bombs immediately. And within two rounds, you could tell he did not have the confidence to sit in the pocket and trade. So what do you got? Well, he's... I know nothing about this sport, but it appears he's like a legit uh, NBA player. He so was a... Yeah, he played for the Bulls or something. What, what was New, it? New York Knicks, Boston oh, Celtics, Knicks. Oklahoma City Thunder, Golden State Warriors, Chicago Bulls, and Denver Nuggets. Mm. Uh, first time three slam dunk champion. So he's, he's a legitimate athlete. But he's he's a, a legit boxer. athlete. But that does not make a fighter. No. Not... Not if you do it cheap. Not if you just think because you're an athlete you can go in and then box with people who are boxers. Because fighting is not... It's not <laughs> so, sorry, I just brought up his professional boxing record. Oh, Jesus God. <laughs> one loss, zero wins. Jake one loss Paul, to Jake right? Paul. Okay, first of all, Robinson getting a bad rap, you know? You fight a professional boxing fight in your first fight against... Now, Jake Paul has been boxing. Can you pull up Jake Paul? Let's yeah, see. yeah. Or, or at least his... I mean, I know he fought amateur uh, on the Logan Paul cards, and then I know he made his pro debut before that when Logan fought KSI, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so there you go. He's... Uh Let me bring that up. But he's been boxing for a long time. He's two, had fights. So That's two, two wins, two KOs. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because even, even uh, when I watched the KSI, I can't remember who he fought in the first fight, but I watched it, and uh, even when I was watching it, I was like, okay, I know that, uh, that, that Jake and Logan have actually been training for quite a while now. What do you got? <laughs> no. You know, we're terrible at saying names occasionally on this podcast. No, there's never been any history of that. So this, You say it perfect, this, it's this never racist the first time. Don't know what this is. And Eason Gibb? Okay, I'll give, I'll give you credit. That's a tough one. <laughs> That's a tough one. Yeah. But anyway, I, I watched the fights, and w- what you saw was somebody who thought they could go in there and just knock someone out. And then you saw Jake, who was patient, knew he just had to avoid the big shots, and wore him down. And he fucking knocked him out unconscious, flat-faced him. Yeah. Like, it, it was bad. It was a bad knockout. And he, he knocked him down once before, face-planted him, and he got up, and then he fucking properly finished him. So, but if you're watching this and you want to know a red flag, somebody who chases after a knockout in one or two minutes because they don't have patience because what that is is the fear. Yeah. It's the anxiety. You're like, you know, I got to get him quick. I got to get him quick because over time, your skill level between your opponents will the person who's more skilled, the, the variation increases as time goes on. Yeah. Right? So you can surprise people early, catch them in a minute, catch them in two minutes, but the longer the fight goes on, the more the skill disparity becomes apparent. Yeah. And that's exactly what this was. I mean, in the first 10 seconds, he's fucking running across the ring, throwing bombs. Jake would tie him up and tag him and tie him up and tag him. And in the second round, he just found it. 
he just found it, dropped him once, and then knocked him unconscious. And, uh, I mean, that was basically it. I mean, this Conor McGregor shit is fucking crazy. He's just saying that to pump him up. And part of that might draw Dylan Dennis in. But, but listen, if it's a pure boxing fight, Dylan Dennis going to have problems. But if, if it's an he, MMA he, fight, yeah, Dylan Dennis will fuck Jake Paul up. <laughs> he will fucking murder him within a Dylan minute. Dylan Dennis will wreck him in a jiu-jitsu or an MMA context. But in a boxing fight, that's why that's interesting. But I think no one's... like. That's not headlining a pay-per-view. Like, no one's watching... Dude, that would that. headline any fight in the in boxing except for fucking Fury and Wilder or Fury. Like, because Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. That was a co-main event. You had fucking Badu Jack, who's a two-time world champion, the third fight behind Jake Paul and a basketball player. You know how absurd that is? Badu Jack is a two-time world champion. Fighting on below Jake Paul, a YouTuber and a basketball player. What a weird world we live in right now. What's, what's Tyson Fury's cousin called? Uh, Huey. Huey Fury. No, not him. I, I can't remember. It, but um, on, the, um, on the Logan Paul card, KSI, they had Tyson Fury's cousin, who's like a world champion as well, on the undercard. It's insane. Well, no, no, no. Uh, look this up for me. The uh, All the boxing people are going to hate me when they listen to this, but the... Who's the other uh, English guy? Oh, God. It trains with Tyson Fury. Super English. If, no, uh, we were on about the same guy. If you go to uh, the previous fight, the, the Logan Paul KSI, he was on the undercard of that. And he's fighting... Oh, God, I hate... <laughs> My brain's not... I'm, for the listeners, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm more drunk than I should be, which... It's making me kind of happy, and I feel like I'm extroverting a little bit more, but also my memory's shit. <laughs> um, but he fought on the undercard. Oh, God. Was oh, God, the they fought best twice. In the, it's one of the best in the world. Yeah, that's, I, we're on about the same person. I know. I can't remember his I name can't. either. Anyway. Fuck. Fuck. Uh, can you do me a favor and pull up, just while we're talking, pull up the Logan Paul KSI. He's like the third, second main event or, or whatever on that card. Even, even more insanely, turns out they fought twice. <laughs> Who's that? KSI and uh, Logan Paul. Yeah, I yeah, fought, but it was the second one. Results. I think it was the second one. Yeah, they fought Santiago. twice. Oh, God, I've got the full breakdown here. Just the card. Just if you pull up the name. As soon as I see the name, I'll, I'll know it. He's top top contender in multiple divisions. Um, anyway, I don't know if we need to beat the horse too too much. We've Billy already... Joe Saunders. Billy Joe hey. Saunders. Thank you. Thank you. One of the best in the world. Billy yes. Joe Saunders is one of the best in the world. And he was fighting on their below, undercard. Fighting <laughs> below KSI well done, boxing. Paul. I mean, that's the state of boxing. That's how you know that boxing is in a horrible state. When YouTubers are getting more... They're the A-side yeah. to world-class champions in boxing. And that's how you know that this shit is corrupt and it's beyond the point of repair. In the current state, you know, I know Zufa, you, the, one of the partner companies that owns the UFC, is planning on getting into boxing that Dana White's the head of. And, and that is the move because with all these alphabet bodies, and did you see the WBC is adding more weights? They have these diamond champions. They have these fucking, like the WBC is adding more champions and more weight classes. Nobody in boxing knows who the best in the world is anymore. No. It's bullshit. It's so bad. You have the WBC, the IB, blah, you have the WBA, you have the lineal, you have the 
diamond, you have the fuck, all of these things, it just waters down the product so much. And then you have these WBC corrupt ass judges scoring the Tyson Fury and the, the Tyson Jones, Jones Jr. fight as a draw. And I keep, I'm telling you, I saw this. Tyson was winning all the rounds and then like the second or third round they started giving him to Jones and then they would start giving more to Jones, all of which you can see the ultimate thing leading to a draw. That shit was preconceived, it was pre-planned. I'm a conspiracy theorist, fuck you guys, but this is what I think. You see Canelo, you see Triple G that first fight, you see Horn, you see Pacquiao, you see Timothy Bradley and Pacquiao, all this shit. It's corrupt, it's fucked. And that's where we are in boxing. I'll still watch all of them. If oh yeah, good, every single but, you know, I'll be disappointed <laughs> constantly. And that's the state the boxing is in. Let's move to a actual sport, so MMA. I know, I know we said we weren't gonna talk about last week's card, but a couple of fights on there that were amazing. The, the Shevchenko fight, where it looked for about mm, one round, she might have a fight on her hands, and then went, oh no, I'll just go up another gear. Yeah. Like it was, she is something else. She's obviously the second best pound for pound fighter in the world. You know, her and Amanda Nunes had two fights. The split decision in the second one, I, I, it's years now, I can't remember exactly what the result was for the first one, but competitive. Yeah. Only fights Amanda Nunes has had that's competitive, except for the Durandamy fight. Yeah. Durandamy, I thought, was winning on the feet, but Amanda was kept getting those takedowns. So, I mean, obviously, the best two female fighters in the world are Amanda Nunes and Valentina Shevchenko. And Antonina fought on that same card. She looked pretty good. And then uh, just to quickly touch on it, we had the Figueredo fight and the Perez fight. Figueredo looks like the... Real deal. The real Gonna deal. Going to stay up. The real deal. Knockout power, submission power. Looks... And I think the best thing he could have possibly done was take another fight on short notice. It just builds the legend. I kept mistakenly I'm like a fucking asshole calling Perez Moreno in the last podcast because I knew Moreno was the number one contender and yeah. Perez Moreno, you know, I don't have the I don't have the wherewithal to distinguish the Mexican and South American and all those names. So I've mixed them up. Call me racist, whatever. Point is, uh, so now he's doing a quick turnaround. He's fighting Moreno and that is an interesting fight. Because Moreno won on the same card. He looked super dominant. Dislocated his shoulder. Did you see that shit? Yeah, with the pop back in. Yeah. Charmaine, what were you telling me about... Oh, is she here? No. Not here yet? There was a... Oh, was it India? No, no, no. It was Nayla. So we have this uh, girl that trains... Uh, she trains with your daughter. And uh, we have this little girl, seven years old. Her name's Nayla. Her husband... Or husband. Her <laughs> dad. Shows you how much I've had to drink. Her dad comes and trains here in the weekend. And uh, when it's on Saturday... We do like three hours of sparring, right? So we have, uh, we have boxing, then we have Muay Thai sparring, and then we have uh, gi sparring. And it's just sparring the whole day. Saturday's a sparring day, so we just do it for all the classes. And Charmaine told me this funny thing. She goes, uh, because uh, Chris trains in the classes, so his seven-year-old daughter is just sitting there watching. And we were like, dude, why is she sitting here? And she's like, oh, I tried to send her home, but she wants to watch. She wants to watch the adults train. And so we're just sparring for like three hours or whatever. And then uh, my wife, Charmaine, comes up to me and she goes, uh, oh yeah, I was sitting there talking to uh, Nayla, a seven-year-old, about uh, MMA and all that kind of stuff. And Nayla goes, yeah, yeah, I was watching, my dad made me watch these fights the other day, and it was the Perez-Figueredo fight. 
And uh, so she's telling Charmaine, oh yeah, we were watching this fight and I saw this guy get caught and his shoulder dislocated and I saw that it was out of the socket. And uh, Charmaine told me that she goes, you watched that? Oh shit. <laughs> Realizing that she was talking to a seven year old and then Charmaine's like, <sighs> she catches me around, she's like, Oh, I should not have been like, oh shit, right? It's like, to a, she's literally only talking to her, but she, in her head, she was like, why are you watching yeah. adults get their shoulders dislocated and stuff right. in a fight? And then, uh, you know, and Nayla's just like, woo. Well, you know, she kind of smiles and laughs off the whole thing, but then Charmaine's like, oh yeah, I had to tell, I had to tell him that I, I, I swore in front of your daughter on accident because I was in adult mode because the kids' classes were already over. I'm telling the story about Nayla. Yeah, I'll take a shot. I'll take a I'll take a shot of vodka in honor of Vlad, the legend there in the back. Anyway, so I, I thought that was pretty funny. Charmaine swearing in front of small children accidentally. Don't say that. I'm telling the story, man. I'm telling the story on the podcast. It's fine. Well, there's no secrets here. <laughs> there's no secrets here. Anyway, dude, let's move on to the to the MMA today. Uh, so, well. How much of the card did you see? Because you were watching the Tyson fight as well, whereas I watched. I the saw the undercard and then I saw like little bits of the main card. There was a, there was a couple of interesting ones in the main card that because oh, obviously it should have been Lewis at the top of the card and yeah. uh, Curtis Blades, and then COVID. COVID, COVID got in the way. Listen, again. the COVID storm in America is coming because none no Americans are going to not travel for Thanksgiving. I, I don't know if anyone listening to this knows, but Americans are not great at listening to authority. <laughs> They're not great at listening to authoritative figures. And here's my beautiful wife serving me vodka. Be jealous. See? See what I get? You know, she fucked my neck up earlier and I can barely turn my head, but I've had enough alcohol that it doesn't matter anymore. Vlad, how do you say cheers in Russian? You come, come say hi. How do you say cheers in Russian? Okay, cheers, cheers. I love you guys. Jake, cheers, buddy. Russian power. Three, two, one. Oh, I talk too much. Oh, Derek Lewis. My balls is hot. Oh, okay. One more after. Let me know when you want it. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Lost my lost my train of thought. What were we on about? Uh, how you Americans aren't fantastic at doing what you're told. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the COVID string is going to come bad. Uh, also, Kevin Holland, he also caught yeah, COVID. Yeah, that's gone. It's going to be a lot. Yeah. It's going to be a lot. And, uh, you know, it's one of those crazy things. That I'm not trying to bring the podcast down, but I had an uncle who died last week. And uh, it was a combination of he had cancer, but as is the case with a lot of the COVID deaths, you know, if you have underlying factors, if you have all these other issues, it, it adds on to it, right? And he was a person who was struggling with cancer, struggling with cancer, struggling with cancer, and then got COVID and started to recover and then declined. And then, you know, he died on Tuesday or, or something like that. And I suspect a lot more of these things are going to be happening because Americans just don't listen. They can't all get coordinated. Every state is different. And uh, you're seeing it with the recent string of fighters who were unable to compete because of COVID, and there's going to be a lot more. And I suspect in America it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better with the presidential election and with the travel season and Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. I just wish everybody good luck, but it's going to be a struggle, as you can see with the current UFC fighters. So 
it was a uh, Curtis Blades, right? He's yeah. the one that caught it. Yep. And Kevin Holland is out. Lots of football players. I follow the NFL pretty closely. The, the, my favorite team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they were supposed to play the Ravens in a big game. And uh, the, the main quarterback for the Ravens got COVID, so they postponed. Like the head guy, fucking $30 million a year, whatever it is, he got it, and they postponed. It's, it's getting bad. It's going to get bad. Yeah, it's, um, now, now it's hitting winter and all that, and less sunlight, less vitamin D, it's going to take its toll in the northern hemisphere. I think. And, and, and while we're on the subject, not, not totally related, but uh, what was the thing you were talking about about Maradona? You, you know football better than me, so yes. can you outline uh, no, this he, a little bit? He, I know the hand of God thing, but can you just explain? Um, the listeners probably know more than me. So, <laughs> so he's um, arguably the greatest footballer ever in terms of what he did on the pitch like in the world cup specifically right n- or just, is it not just the world cup like he um so he won the world cup for argentina and some people will say he won it single-handedly um, literally single-handedly yes literally again he did did he touch that ball what's your opinion oh yeah 100 percent. he touched but, it yeah who are you cheering for i don't know in that game um well i was <laughs> i was sick so i was probably running around. i saw it and thought he didn't touch it i i don't know but it's I'm not a football aficionado. Oh, he, so he admits himself. He, he touched it. Yeah, he did it. And okay. he has no qualms about it. And okay, leave in the comments whether you think Maradona touched the ball or not in the hand of God play. Anyway. But he, um, he, he's one of the God as, as he, one of the best. Yeah, one of the best, one if of not the, the best ever. Um, he's widely loved in, like in Argentina, he's near a deity and stuff like that. And the club team that he's most well known for playing for, Napoli, were never never a big team in one uh, like leagues and stuff like that and then when he played for them they won the league they won a european cup and so can, like can that. you also while you're chatting about this pull up that article about this crazy thing that happened with maradona while you're while you're describing it because he you know i'm sure everybody listening knows he died uh just a couple of days ago he was only 60 which is you know it's hard to say what what affects people and what causes them to die i mean 60 seems like pretty young to die as a sports fan as an athlete, like 60 is quite young. And uh, I didn't know about this until just now, but we heard this this thing that happened about Maradona. Did you find the article? Uh, so Karen was telling us about it, so he's not sent it me, but we've got the... Uh, I can send you. I can forward it to you if you, oh, if you don't Oh, forward it to yet. me. Okay, sure. And then uh, I've got it. But yeah, 60 is quite young to die unless you did the amount of uh, Colombian marching powder that maradona did in his life and then 60 is actually probably quite a good age but yeah 60 you think i mean he did a lot of cocaine <laughs> and that's not even hey. a, that's not even allegedly that's that's a, that's a fact that's yeah, a fact that is a pure fact okay i've sent you some pictures i don't know if there's an article attached to it but oh my god <laughs> okay so i don't know what we can show or what we can't show this is what not but that. This, we this can't story, show that. Can you Google just to fact check while I'm... I'll, I'll describe what Karan told me, and then you can fact check it while I'm speaking. But uh, So basically, Karan told me that... This this guy that trains at Stronghold told me that... And he's a football fan. And he told me that Maradona died, and then grave robbers apparently exhumed him or to, uh, you know dug out his grave... And then somehow people found out that he had been robbed and that guy ended up with fucking six bullets in his chest or whatever the case was. I, I mean, I don't know what if this is valid. We might be spreading conspiracy theories, dude. I don't know. This is what Karin told us literally 20 minutes ago. And I was like, all right, without fact checking, let's just fucking spill it out instantly. Guys, this is sports commentary. We're not, I'm not CNN. 
I'm not Fox News. I'm not any BBC. I'm just repeating what I heard with no <laughs> fact-checking necessary. But this is what he told me. And I was like, oh, damn, really send me the thing. And then we got these graphic pictures. I don't know if they're, if they're legit or not, but... And I can't. So oh God, that's hard to look at. I, I don't think we should say those. No, we shouldn't. They're, they're very disrespectful to they're the very, greatest football I, I don't want to share that. But then he basically says, "Okay, can you pull up the Twitter? There's a Twitter photo there, just so people have. Con I don't know if this is right, by the way. I'm not saying this is correct. This might be total conspiracy. I just heard this, and I was like, okay, let's bring it up because I'm not an expert here, and we'll just, you know, talk about what we see. But can you just? The, there's a Twitter photo. There's no graphic shit. Yeah, okay, so... So you got, there were three funeral workers who decided to take selfies with Maradona's casket. They opened it up and got each other to take photos of one another. The Boca Ultras then took matters into their own hands. Two or three deceased, others in critical condition. Now, do you know what an Ultra is? Do I know what... What, what an Ultra is? No. So they're like the hardcore, hardcore, like, soccer football hooligans. It's like the hooligans, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who... who um, like it's a criminal enterprise and they care so passionately about their team i can believe they kill people for that well i i have no doubt i mean there he's uh i mean he's so famous in that community that it is well known for hooligans and people not putting up with bullshit you know i don't know man if, if any of this is true it's disappointing and I'm, I'm not trying to spread rumors or conspiracy theories. he just told us that and i was like okay well you know we'll talk about it and see where it leads, but that's... Can you pull that up again, just so people can see on the the feed there? Uh, but you need to switch to the main. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that... If that's true, that's disgusting. Yeah, he's... For uh, a legend. Uh, absolute legend of a player. Did an awful lot of cocaine. <laughs> and two of... Yeah, I mean, if he died at 60, presumably he'd be in decent shape, so that's why I was, no. like, surprised. Well... You know, you never know how these things work, right? Like, when did they stop training? When did they stop working out? When did they stop exercising? All that kind of stuff. But, but anyway, even at me, as an American, I know the hand of God. I know Maradona's name. And I'm totally out of the loop, right? So respect to him. Respect to all the football people. Respect to all the athletes who put the work in. I'm not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful in any context. I'm just... I just heard this and I, I thought it was crazy and then I had him send me the information and, and then here we are. So, you know, we don't need to talk too much about it. I'm not going to show the pictures that I saw. If you want to see the pictures, they're, they're there. They're graphic. Yeah, definitely don't see those pictures. <laughs> they, are, they are graphic and if you're a football fan, I'm sure they will enrage you. I don't know if they're fake. I don't know what the deal is, but just, oh, ew, I'm looking at them right now. Oh, God. I, I can't. I can't do it anymore. Anyway. Sorry. We uh, talked about the boxing, Jake Paul. We talked about Tyson. We talked about Anthony Roy Smith, Jr. the triangle. Yeah, let's fame. talk about Anthony Smith. So uh, me and Jake and Charmaine recorded the triangle video uh, for, the, for the listeners. Uh, no spoiler alert, but you probably know it at this point. Anthony Smith finished uh, Devin Clark with a triangle choke. And it's one of the most old school triangle chokes you ever hear. Overhook on one side, wrist fight on the other side, throw up the triangle, finish it. Uh, we recorded a video where I break down some details. I will admit that I was a little inebriated when we recorded it. <laughs> Speaking of inebriated, oh wifey, can I get one more shot? Yes, Ken. There's a reason why I married her. I don't know if you heard that, but she she volunteered to uh, bring me a shot, and she also 
you know, pulled her shirt up a little bit. <laughs> oh shit! Did you see that? She didn't. Then? She didn't. But in my head, I'm hoping she did. You know, when I when I am served alcohol, I like, you know. So in the uh, not sexist. I'm joking, everybody. Calm down. Anyway, Jake, in the Ashley, save me from myself. <laughs> in, in the Ashley Evans Smith uh, Norma Dumont fight, the mm. ref had to stop the fight and pull Norma Dumont's top back down because she was in danger of exposing. Was there a nip slip? There was. There, Can you there show wasn't. me off air? Not because I love my wife, but uh, <laughs> no, he, he wasn't quite exposure. But he leaves. He was just like stop, stop, stop. Borderline. Stop, stop. It was yeah. borderline. And he was like, "Why is he stopping the fight? Like, something really bad happened." And then he just went over and slightly okay. the top down. Do me a favor. Pull out. <laughs> pull up. Uh, oh God, what's his name? Ah, it's slipping in my head. The the guy that wore the speedo, Dennis Holman. Pull, pull up Dennis Holman Speedo. Thank you. Uh, get in here. Thank you. Get in here tight. Oh, Jake, you're gonna have one too? No, 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 I've got one. No, 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 no. He's, he's got one, he's got one, show me. He's got one. Wait, what am I trying to pull up? Can Dennis? you pull me a Dennis Holman Speedo? Let's see, because if a girl's tit is about to pop out, then they will stop the fight. But watch Dennis Holman's oh, nutsack pop out in the middle of the fight. We have already, show me, it's fine. No, but he doesn't have his. No, no, Vlad, the yeah. Russian king doesn't have his. So. Oh. Thank you. I made a joke that you pulled out your boobs, but you didn't. But I said it. Um, I just feel like I have to tell you. I mean, if you want, we can add. We can add. This can be. A, we just upload this to Pornhub, and we're good to go, dude. Lot, lot more viewers that way. Okay, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Vlad, we love you. Charmaine, love you. Jake, love you. Salange. One, two, three. Oh! I'll pull mine out. I'll pull mine out. <laughs> Jake, zoom in. Do I look ripped? That's, that's not how the camera works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you two, same time. No, 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 go away. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> so you have, you have Dennis, yeah, yeah, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, there Dennis Holman. Yes, please pull this up. Look at that. So that's Dennis Holman. He that, yeah, the the word was that he lost a bet, or didn't have his shorts or whatever. So he had to go and find a speedo, I guess. But like in a, in the middle of the fight, he's in some position. His ball sack is like exposed. Okay, and here's the difference: they didn't stop the fight. They just, just, kept, like, go, just kept going. They're kept just going. like. Okay, nutsack, no problem. We keep going. Although I think he did get cut later for this, but. Uh, but you know that 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 shit was still out for everybody to see. <laughs> so anyway, you were saying? Oh no, just that. Uh, yeah, that that happened in that fight. The Smith how close was it for all the pervs that are listening? No, it's not. You the, it was just he got it. In, he got in front of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, okay. the, the ref stopped it altogether. Uh, going back to the Smith fight, like the second that fight went to the floor, it was black belt versus blue belt, and you're like, well, this is only going one way to, to the extent where Smith was so confident he actually tried a twister and was like oh fuck it I can probably do this and if well, not I even thought about recording a twister video I was we were, you were talking about it earlier if you okay if you want a video on how to do the twister please uh, send us a message because post it in the comments or whatever because I, I think the twister is a super interesting technique and there's a lot of techniques that you can get from so if I take your back right yeah. I have two feet in between your legs, you know? And if I use one leg and I triangle that leg, it opens up several submissions. One would be the calf slicer, another would be the, the twister. 
And uh, he was going for that. So if you guys want to know how to do the twister, there's lots of videos online. You can already find it. But if you want us to break it down, let me know. I can break it down in the context of the fight. But the finish was amazing. Yeah. But, but going, going back to the twister, though, and you know, you know more than me, it's safe to say that you've got to know you are dominant on the floor to be able to go for the twister. Or you, uh, or it's a, you know, it's a Hail Mary. Because uh, the one twister that happened in the UFC was a Korean Zombie against Leonard Garcia. And I wish I could describe this to the listeners in a way that makes sense. If, if you don't train, it's going to be difficult. But basically, if you're behind me, and you have your legs wrapped around my leg, right? Can you can you do me a favor and just pull up an image of the twister, and then I can describe as it's happening, and it will make more sense. But basically, if you're behind me and you have both of your legs wrapped around my one, the twister is a spinal crank. It was made famous by Eddie Bravo, and uh, who, who he tapped a lot of people in competition with it, and he he basically. Uh, made the technique mainstream. You got an image here? I got the, the famous Angela Lee one. Okay, the Angela Lee one. Okay, so you can see here, first of all, great ass. <laughs> I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be sex, but look at that fucking ass. Oh my God. Is this sexist for me to, okay. Put yeah, on men, put on men so this is not pervy. Okay, because I run a family so business. So who got the other one, Korean zombie? <laughs> Korean zombie and Leonard Garcia. I run a family business, Jake. I don't need to see that. My wife is in the back. This is not appropriate, dude. Uh, but Leonard Garcia and uh, Korean, Korean Zombie Twister. And uh, so it's a spinal twist, right? It's a spinal twist move. It's dangerous because if you do it and you don't know how to control it, it can actually really, yeah, okay. That's a good one. Pull that up. Put that on the main. Look at that. Can you zoom in? Yep. Oh, no. I mean, okay, so you can see. Can you zoom in a bit more? Try cannot? No, if you, if cannot. you can. Okay, so that's a pretty good view. So you can see that Leonard Garcia has his left leg triangled. Jake, do me a favor. Can you get a wider angle? If you can't, it's no problem. We just we uh, zoom back into that. But so basically, it, it's a. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of good ones. You can choose whichever one you want. Which one? I'm trying to find one. Oh, the the no, one no. that's the most wide angle. Uh, go up. That one looks good. The middle one right there. This one? Yeah, that one. So put that on the main. Oh, it's a beautiful fucking submission. Okay, so look at this. So you, you can see that Korean Zombie has his left leg in a triangle. And a triangle, can you flip to me real quick? A triangle is when you have your knee behind your partner's knee and then your foot is locking in their foot. So switch back now. So Korean Zombie's left leg is triangled to his right leg. And you can see how his left leg is on the bottom. But he only has one hook. Typically, when you take the back, you have both hooks in. In other words, my left leg is between your knee and my right leg is between your knee. But the twister requires only one. And you can see how the bottom leg is pinning your hips in one position. And then if you look at the upper body, can you switch? Can you rotate? more toward the upper body position and you can see how you're pulling the head in the opposite direction that you're twisting the hips and so there's a a twist that you're getting between the bottom hip and the top shoulder and you're pulling the head and it's nasty i mean you can fucking mess someone up with the submission and it's a beautiful beautiful submission 
And uh, if you don't know how to do it, can you switch to me, Jake, real quick? If you want to fight the twister, you keep your hands in. If you reach back and you put somebody in the headlock, now can you go to the other one? Now, you see the headlock that Korean Zombie has on, on Leonard Garcia. If you reach back and you put your arm behind your opponent's arm, it allows you to twist their body where the bottom hip is going opposite direction of the neck. And, and that's the twister. And Anthony Smith almost had this. And if you want a, a video breakdown of this, go ahead. I mean, there's lots already, but if you want mine, then just tag it and we'll do it. But uh, Anthony Smith had Devin Clark oh, this, this, dead to rights. The second it went to the floor, like you could just see straight away, like black belt versus blue belt on the floor. This is only going one way and that it went that way and then it was a triangle finish. So you're yeah. like, okay. You know what we should do in the future? The technique video that we recorded previously because Jake and I and Charmaine broke this, not the tri not the twister, but we broke down techniques before. We should have that ready so we can refer back to it. Yeah, yeah. In, in the future, but uh, but the triangle was the, the number one thing. And Anthony Smith had him dead to rights multiple times. Devin Clark is a, what, two-time national champion or like a... Yeah, wrestling champion. But wrestling multiple times. Yeah. And but wrestling, and then once it, like, wrestling gets it to the floor. Once you're on the floor, if you're a wrestler against a black belt in BJJ, you've not necessarily taken the, taken the best move there of taking the fight down to the floor sometimes. If you don't have the skills there, because I was just telling this story earlier, I grew up, my first ever discipline was wrestling. Uh, I started wrestling when I was 13 years old, and it was like amateur Olympic-style wrestling. And uh, there, there's no guard. There's no submissions from your back. There's none of that. It's just like take someone down, and they stand up. That's it. That's yeah. the whole yeah, game. Yeah. If I take you down, you stand up. You take me down, you stand up. And then the ultimate goal is to pin your partner's shoulders to the mat. And then when you – I remember, I remember like it was yesterday. I had a friend. His name was Adam. His dad was the mayor of my town. <laughs> this is how much I remember it. This is my first ever experience with jiu-jitsu, right? I was hanging out with my friend. He was a theater guy because my, my degree is in theater, right? So he was a theater buddy, but he also trained jiu-jitsu. This is the guy that introduced me to jiu-jitsu. And so he came to my house one day because uh, we were doing a play. We were doing uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream. Were you the wall? No. <laughs> I know that you know the play just based on the fact that you said that. No, I was Lysander, you asshole. I'm the main, dude. I'm the main. Uh, but anyway, so uh, we did this play together and we were hanging out. And he knew I was a wrestler and he was doing jiu-jitsu. This is like 2005. And then where I'm from, this is like UFC 40. There's nothing, dude. No one knows shit about grappling. I didn't know anything. So I was an amateur wrestler and he had done, he was a yellow belt. He was a yellow belt in jiu-jitsu, right? And uh, he came over to my house and we had a projector in the basement and we had a floor and he and I started wrestling. And he held me in a triangle. He didn't have it locked up. He didn't have it behind the knee, like the choke wasn't there. But he had his ankles locked, one over the shoulder, one under the armpit. And he held me there for like five minutes and I could not get out of the triangle. The choke wasn't there, but he had the ankles locked. Yeah, so there's no And as a wrestler, I was like, wait, but he's on his back. I'm on top. I should be winning. And then, he, and I, and then I realized, wait, his shoulders are flat. I'm, 
in wrestling, the goal is to pin your opponent. In folk style wrestling, the yeah. goal is to pin yeah. your opponent. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, well, I'm on top, and he's on bottom. And I can't get out of his legs. And I'm like, he wasn't choking me, so I didn't understand the full concept of what was happening. But I just knew that I was stuck in his legs, and I couldn't get out. And he kept pulling my head down. I kept trying to sit up. He kept pulling my head down. And it was the first time I ever realized, wait, you can win on the bottom. Yeah. Because there was nothing I could do to get out of his legs. And then, like, I have one hand in and one hand out. I can't punch him, but he could fucking elbow me. He could, he could hit me. He could do all these things. And I was like, wait, so you can win the fight off your back. For me, that was fucking mind-blowing. Like, I'm on the top in this. I can't. Because in wrestling, you just are learned to pin. And you're like, okay, you pin. That's it. That's the end of it. But when I, I realized that that's not the end of it necessarily, and this guy just held me here, I was like, okay, well, what do I do next? So he goes, okay, come to jiu-jitsu class with me. And then I got fucked up by blue belts. The teacher was a blue belt. And I was, a, I was like a, a high-level wrestler, top, one of the top wrestling uh, programs in the country. I wasn't the best wrestler. I was like a, a B-team wrestler. I wasn't yeah. like the starter. I was like one below that. But I just couldn't believe that he was able to control me when I was on top. And then I realized, oh, being on top as being dominant is an illusion. It's not necessarily the case. If you can be dominant on top, but then I'm like, this guy's on below me. Like my face is in his crotch and I'm losing. He keeps pulling my head down. I'm like, I can't do shit. That was, you know, everybody in jiu-jitsu has their moment where they realize it's like a mind-blowing experience where you're like, wait, I'm on top, but I'm losing. What is this sorcery? What is this wizardry that I'm experiencing right now? And, and over, that was the first thing that made me get into jiu-jitsu was being a wrestler and being on top and stuck in a triangle in my, friend, in my basement with my friend. And I was like, okay, this is totally different. This is a totally different animal. And then I started to realize, and that was uh, the next fight I watched was Hoist Gracie versus Matt Hughes. Yeah. UFC 60. I still remember to this day, UFC 60, because he started talking to me about, oh, this is the jiu-jitsu guy, this is the Gracie lineage, and I started to learn the history of the UFC, and then I went back and watched UFC 1 and UFC 2, and that was, the, that was the catalyst for my whole martial arts journey, was being the wrestler on top, getting fucked up by this dude squeezing me between his ball sack. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, what, what's he doing? I'm winning. What was now. yours, Jake? What was your What was your catalyst? I think because um, obviously I'm not uh, the biggest guy in the world, sort of thing. And uh, when I was training out equilibrium, and this massive, like massive, massive guy came in, super nice fella. Uh, but like, you looked at the size of him, and you looked at the size of me, and you were like, right, these these two are going to fight. Who's going to win? And obviously, all the money's on the big guy. And so he took me down, got me on the floor, and he was just. Oh, squeezing me, squeezing, squeezing me, squeezing, the shit out of you. squeezing the shit out of me, and I'm just laid there, completely relaxed. What do you do? Yeah, like I don't care. You've not got me in any sort of submission. You're just tiring yourself out. And about two minutes going into the round, and he's fucked, and he can't do anything. Gassed he's out, absolutely. And then you're out. like, oh damn, yeah. he's tired. He's yeah. tired. And and then I he's just, fucked. He's tired. I just ragdoll him for three minutes, and he can't do anything. And then you're like, you get that mind blow that epiphany and you're like wait a second 
what did I just, what just happened? Yeah, <laughs> like, it was like, what, what the fuck just happened, yeah. right? Like, that's the kind of thing that happens in your head. And then you realize, and I, this is always the common adage that, and I say, I repeat it because it's true. Jiu-jitsu is a superpower. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the closest thing you can get to super strength. It's the closest thing you can get to a superpower. Like, I'm smaller than you, and I see it with my wife, with Charmaine, all the time. Uh, you, get, you get caught in something, there's no escape. You're fucked. Right? You're just, you're fucked. One more. While we break down the end of this fight. I mean, just, just me. Jake doesn't need. My wife just said to me, she just said to me, Luke, do you need a shot? And then she pulled her tits out, and I was like, you know what? Yes. Yes, I do. She didn't do that. She's a respectful woman, but I just like to, to joke around, you know. <laughs> but the point is, that, that blew my mind. That blew my mind. Oh. And I was like, because I went to wrestling practice. I remember. I went, it was the Matt Hughes, uh, sorry, the, yeah, yeah, the Matt Hughes-Hoyce Gracie fight. I went to practice the next day after that happened. And I remember I had this black coach. If anybody is listening to this where I'm from, Troy Owens. He was, uh, he was one of my, he's a, a black dude who uh, was a small guy and he was one of the coaches of my wrestling team. And the only memory I have of him is like, he had this afro, right, he had his afro. And I remember wrestling with him and he was the most brutal guy to wrestle with. Yeah. And he would take his afro. Thank you. Oh, that's not a shot, Charmaine. Can we, can we just be honest here? Look at that. I don't know, can, oh God, sorry. <laughs> Can you just see? This is this is not a oh shot. God. This is like, like three shots. I, I think more critically. I think more critically here. Show the bottle because the bottle's the bigger problem. No, this is one bottle. Okay, so this is no, this the is bottle. That's the this second is the bottle. Second bottle. <laughs> Vlad drank the whole previous bottle. Hello, coach. I love you, brother. But you drank all. No. <sighs> God. Okay, turn to yourself. Let me see Vlad and, 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 and Jake there. Hey, uh, Respect, brother. Respect, brother. The Russian kickboxer with the best 360 kick. Hey, Vlad, you got the best kicks I ever seen, yes, bro. Yes, yes, yes. Your you kicks do. are fucking amazing. I appreciate this. I, I have the videos still. I try my best. I got so and much respect for you. Let's record the kicks and then I'll post them on the channel and then all so the Taekwondo so people much. can jerk I off the videos of you doing Taekwondo. I was 16 years old. Yeah. That's a fucking, yeah, fucking legend. Beast. Legend. <laughs> so okay. Cheers. 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 One, Cheers. two, three. three. Cheers. Two. Oh. Oh God. I feel amazing, yeah. <laughs> no pain. Buddha. No pain. Um, Buddha. I think. Uh... Buddha. Jesus save me. Jesus. Buddha save me. Anyone save me? Anyway, why do, do BJJ's be clean and sober? Oh my god! So yeah, there were some fights today. It was very exciting. Okay, so uh, what was the plan? We talk about the boxing. We talk about the MMA. Then you sent me. Can we a video go to the free shows earlier? Can we go to the free shows? I, I plugged this in the beginning, so there were two amazing freak show fights. Now, one of them, I think we can show. Can we start with the Russian one first? Out of respect for Vlad, who's my favorite Russian. We can, I've just got to, uh, if you set it up just while I load it up. Okay, sure. So, there was a, a freak 
show fight in Russia where this 200 kilo man fought a. Oh, sorry. Allow me to correct you there. 240. Okay. okay, so so 300 pounds, 240 kilo more. 200 kilo Russian man with tits hanging down to the floor fought this. I mean, what is she? What is she? 70 kilo girl. I'm just, yeah, she, she's and, not uh, big. Can you can you just pull up the image so the viewers can oh, see? He's saying we need a VPN. I don't know what's going on. Uh, you may have, are you on my computer? You may have to turn off the ad blocker. Just turn off the ad blocker and then reload it. But uh, so basically, there was this 200 pound or 200 kilo Russian guy who fought this. And Vlad, you were telling me that there's uh, these Russian things. You just send in the video, you just show up, and they sort the fight out, right? So basically, this this girl, this small girl, my size, seventy kilo girl, fought this two hundred kilo Russian guy with tits hanging down to the floor, and uh, this fight was ridiculous. And uh, we can pull up the image here. <laughs> Jake's got okay, okay. Can you just pause and then shoot the image here? So for the listeners that are watching this, you can see what you're dealing with here. Flip that ready? shit to the main camera. Look at that. D can you just read that out, please? But no, because it's in Russian. <laughs> the age, the weight, you can see that stuff, right? She, she appears to be maybe 28 and he's 29. Vlad, come here real quick. Vlad. Come here, run, 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 run. Can you read this for us, please? Yeah, sure. Let's, right, let me bring it up. And, and talking to Jake's mic. Okay, look at this. Can you read this for me, please? Yeah. Put the video on you and Vlad real so quick, not, Jake. Okay, can, can, you, can you read, he speaks Russian. Can you read this for us? So the, the one one, the top of one, it's the city. Now flip it, Jake. So like the other guy, the fat one, is a Moscow. And Moscow. the one, uh, the girl, she's from the Vidnoe. Like, I don't know the city, but I think it's got. The height, it's the fat guy, 181. <laughs> and she's the 100. 86, 7. <laughs> the weight, I'm gonna fix something. Yeah, yeah, the weight, the guy was uh, 240, and she's uh, 62. 62? 62. 62, 62 so kilo. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. And now you were telling me earlier that this company, they yeah. just allow all freak shows. Yep. Should we stop it? No, but come sit with Vlad while I fix this. Okay, so you're telling me, Vlad, that they... You were telling me that they... they, All you have to do is send in your video and then they will put these fights on, right? Yep, yep. So, what's the weight difference here? The weight, he's uh, 240. Oh my god. 240 kilograms, I think, because they, uh, they rush at the full of kilograms, not the, the bound, like, I mean, the... They fall the kilograms, not the, the pounds, you know. Yeah. So he's the 240 kilograms and she's the 62 kilogram. You oh can my see the God. difference. Look you know? at the difference in this. And this is happening in Russia. This yeah. is the only place where this is legal. And the fourth one is um, how they can go far by the hands, you know. The, the length. He, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The length. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can go 180 and she can go 166. You know? Now, I don't know how much of this we can show without getting pulled. Yep, yep. My assumption is that because it's Russian, we can show yep, it. Yep. That's probably not accurate, but I, that's my <laughs> assumption. 
that we so make here. So his his record is zero, but her record is four and one lose. But you were saying that like you can they take the drunk people, they take the this, they take the that, they take the anybody who wants to fight, they can yep. just put it up yep, here. Yep, yep, yep. It's like freak show fight. This is the best because they can uh, <laughs> the go for the people, you know, who will not even like uh, they they was not like for the sport, but they can still go through it, you know. I mean, for the MMA, you know, from the, all this stuff, you know. And I'm not trying to talk shit, but he clearly has bigger tits than her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For I sure. mean, like wait, like these. For sure, he's so fat. <laughs> Okay, so but he still go through it, and he he got our respect to go through it. You know? Yeah, listen, anybody who fights gets my respect. Yep, yep. Girl, guy, trans, anyone, gay, straight, you you have a fight, I respect you. Yeah. Because anybody who gets punched in the face deserves respect. Yep, yep. Right? For I don't sure. care your race, your gender, your blah blah. blah. Sure. If you go in, you step in, you deserve respect. But for me, coach, as you said, for me, female versus female, male versus female. There's no, for example, like him and going through the transsexual, because for no, me, no, no, she's she's a woman. She's a woman for sure. Not but, male to woman, but actual yeah. woman. Yeah, but if this guy will prepare more harder, <laughs> I think he will go for versus for man. You know, they'll <laughs> well, just I, go for the good show. You know, I don't think this guy's preparing. I think he just like he, he drink ten bottles of vodka just and make like, money. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, okay, so we will break down this fight as much as we can put on YouTube. Yep, sure. For all of your entertainment. Yep, and I'm gonna clap. Yep. So he's uh, through the. You clap, please, Luke. Ready? Yeah, but get. And we are back with the freak show fights. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jake, do me a favor and put the camera on you so we can see my wife and Vlad in the back. Oh, they're, they're no longer behind me. Just do it. They're do, just having a little. Just, just little. Can you twist it a little bit? Lay down. Yeah. Right, no, listen. Not for me. Here's, here's the thing. Uh, my wife and Vlad are in the back. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Trust me, watch the video. It's worth it. Watch this right now. Ready? One, two, three. Let's go. Look at that. They're in the back. Listen. I've, right, I'm not joking. Like, Sometimes when you train, right? Sometimes when you train, you meet people who are very special to you. You meet people who don't know what they're doing. And you meet people who are uniquely qualified to offer something to you that you didn't have before. And DC, my, one of my best friends is that guy. My wife and Vlad are in the back right now, flat on their back wasted to the point where they can't even stand up can i can i point out please i, I please. have literally got half a cup full of vodka here that they've been pouring me throughout the show that i've been more like i've been sensibly enough not to drink <laughs> <laughs> and and they're sitting in the back literally <laughs> i can't even describe how ridiculous it is that they're laying in the back passed out <laughs> and <laughs> and they're in the back laughing their ass off so jake i don't want to distract this too much further uh, we had the UFC to finish up before the night is done. So we had the Anthony Smith fight. What else do we got, dude? 
We covered the boxing. Uh, so now we covered we, the we were on to the freak, freak show. The freak oh, the show freak shows. Fight. We're on the freak shows. The big so can you, can you pull up the big fight between the girl and the... So for the listeners, there's a 240 kilo... Kilo, right? Yep. 240 kilo guy fighting a 62 kilo girl. And this is totally worth watching. So we don't know if we're allowed to show this. We don't know what the deal is, but... This is a special moment in MMA. So can you switch to your screen so we can see? Look at that. Join the Look play at it. that. Look at that. Please play it. Look at this. Jeez. This is a female that's 62 kilos fighting a 240 kilo man. I think he's got... pointing out she's a pro MMA fighter. Oh, here you go. And he's got some tits on him. Okay, so I mean. <laughs> <laughs> If you're not, if you're listening to this, you should go and watch the. Oh my god, dude, he's literally three times her size. Please watch the video of this. No, they can watch this. It's like it's screen on screen right now. It's screen on screen, so you guys can see. But this is crazy. And flip it back and forth, Jake, just so we don't, just in case we don't get it pulled. I mean, this is absolutely insane. You got a 200 kilo guy. He's got the front headlock there. That's going. He's on. got a front headlock. And both Russians and Vlad was telling me before this that you know, like the whole premise behind this organization is that they don't care. Like you just submit your video, and if it's interesting, they'll look at his oh. ass. Switch back, Wait, Jake. Go back yeah, five yeah. seconds I'm, so I'm we can back, see that, that ass. Look at that ass. Oh, he's, why is that? Too look at his tits. So let's just okay. Switch it. When's he coming? Right now. Just just switch it so we could look at this. You ready for an ass view? Please watch this video. Get ready. Look at the difference in their size. That is crazy. I mean, 200 kilo. Look at that. Pause it. Pause. Look. He looks like he shit himself, but he hasn't. (laughs) He looks like he shit himself. Look at, look at, look at that ass. Zoom in. Can you zoom in? Is it possible? Uh, can you give us the hyper view of if no, you can't? I it's can't. Okay. Sorry. I mean that is that is gnarly. Okay, can we? Okay, let's continue. I mean, she he is literally triple her size, right? Triple is fair. Yep. Three times, three times the size. That's insane. Can we? Can we go back? The rest breaking it. We up. cut cut back and forth. This is the move. Okay. So the rest Look just broke it up. Look at the size difference between. So now we cut to the video. Look at the size difference between this girl and this guy. He looks now, scared. <laughs> can, can you pause for a second? No. Oh, look at that. Oh, boom. Okay, so Vlad told us leading up to this, the Russian guy who, who was in the video previously told us that they basically, you submit your video to them and, and they post it. Like All you have to do is submit your your video of your crazy fights and they will post it. And what we're seeing is a 200 kilo guy fighting a 60 kilo something girl. So pull it up, let's, let's watch the finish. Here we go. And maybe every 15 seconds you gotta cut it out. Look at that, hammer fist, hammer fist, hammer fist, hammer fist. She got us back, she's pounding, 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 pounding. Look at that, and then tap, 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 tap. Look at that shit. Go back a little bit. Go just a, like 15 seconds. Is it possible to 
cut back and forth, but can you oh, look? <laughs> oh oh my right. God. I'm trying to get it. Yes, yes, exactly that that picture. Can you cut back to that? Look at that shit. Let's right. So he's going to show the highlights in a second. Just give it a second. To... <laughs> oh my god, he's well, no. like literally three times her size. That is amazing. Look at look at that. Look at that. She's a beautiful girl. Look at that, and she's just hitting this fat fuck. Like I'm... <laughs> she's beating the shit out of him. <laughs> look at that. It's like a hook uppercut. He falls down. Look at that. No, switch back. Switch back now. Look at that. And then boom. Boom. Look at the size difference. Oh, he tapped. He tapped. He tapped. That is crazy. Oh, my God. That is amazing. That's just for all the women who don't think they should train. Look at that. 200 plus kilo. But it, it goes back to the point I made earlier that if you actually train and know what you're doing and the other person doesn't know what they're doing, then you know, size actually doesn't come into it. And it goes back to also the, you know, we have two Russians that train here. And as far as they described it, like basically if you, it's all, it's all based on image. Right, so like, okay, what's your story? Oh, it's a 200 kilo guy fighting up. It's free show stuff. Yeah. Free show stuff. Okay, so if you can sell the free show stuff, then they will put you on TV, which is what we just watched, which is a 60 kilo girl fighting a 200 kilo man. And I just, <laughs> it's hard to describe what actually happened. I don't know if it's real, legit, fucked up it's it's hard to describe because someone that heavy also can't have a lot of cardio they can't go for so long but but he's so much bigger you also wonder like could he just fucking slammed her like like just picked her up beat the shit out of her slammed her beat the shit out of her right but it's hard to if she if she knows what she's doing and i think she's an mma fighter she clearly is more experienced a fighter than him there's no question right and he has no clue, then can he even pick her up? Because, you know, she's got technique over that mass size, and technique will beat that. Like, if you don't know what you're doing, and the other person does, you're fucked. It's so hard to, you know, even like the Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fight, it's hard to describe, like, okay, so let's assume that you and I are both equally trained, roughly speaking, boxers. Yeah. When you're dealing with something like this, where one person is literally 100 kilos heavier. Yeah, then size matters. Then, there's no question size matters. Yeah. But how much are they actually putting into the fight? And then how much is like rigged for the spectacle? Right? Because you're like, okay, this guy's 100 kilos, whatever. If he's fighting a 60 kilo, like how many elbows, punches can he throw to the point where like this is not fair and then how much of this is contrived and how much of it is legit it's yeah. really hard to say what's what <laughs> i just think they like, like none of it's contrived they're like let's do this and see what i happens. know but then you see like the the roy Jones jr and the tyson fight and it, it's a similar question how much of what they're doing is actually planned in advance and how much of it is because okay let's take the Tyson 
Roy Jones Jr. fight. They must have known leading into the fight what the rules were. Yeah. So Tyson came on strong at the beginning, but Roy picked out the pace later on, and he fought more recently. And it's really hard to distinguish, like, how much power I should throw based on the age and based on the activity and based on all this stuff, what's actually going to be the most effective in that situation, especially when you're 50, whatever years old. But then you see that and you, it's so hard to get a, a grip on it. What's legit? What are they phoning in? What is for the spectacle? What's like actually the effort that they put into the training camp? All, yeah. that, all that kind of stuff. And ultimately, with if you're dealing with the UFC, if you're dealing with Bellator, if you're dealing with one, for the most part, there's no question. But with boxing, you always have to deal with how much are they training? What's going on? How much weight are they cutting? How much money are they making? There's just so many... What, how would you describe it? So many... There's so many variables in boxing that just don't appear to exist, at least in MMA, like boxing where's the card held like if, if you're an american fighter and you're fighting in the states you know the decision's going to go in your favor if it's a close fight and, and i'm not just picking on american fighters if you're a british fighter you're fighting in britain mexican fighter yeah canelo know. right canelo was always the the guy right he's yeah. always the guy that's the top of the bill and you just know that decision's going to go your way and i think th there's arguments in ufc like Anderson Silva will swear blind that he beat Michael Bisping and only lost because it was in the UK. And there were no steroids, there were no PEDs, yeah. there were no all these things. Like there are examples in MMA of maybe the decision being a bit screwy and stuff like that. But boxing, it's week in, week out. Yeah. But th then you deal with like situations like Vitor Belfort, right? Like nobody thinks he was not taking stuff yeah but it's like you you have to run a risk analysis with okay so let's assume you're not taking stuff okay then this is the outcome let's assume you are taking stuff and then when you travel overseas you're like okay so let's assume Vitor Belfort is going to fight Elaine Nagali which is the fight that one is saying is going to happen and like, okay so Vitor is 40 Elaine is 40 like you're dealing with the same sort of thing how and even, even Anderson, right? Anderson got cut from the UFC. He, he didn't get picked up by Bellator. So my thoughts were he would get picked up by one because Vitor's there. And then you're like, okay, what's the difference in the testing protocol? What's the difference with what's expected from each person when they fight? And it gets really tricky. Even like, okay, so let's just take this with the most recent context. Would you rather see... Roy Jones Jr. fight Mike Tyson and they both can take whatever they want or would you rather see them fight and they can both do nothing or whatever? What would you rather see? Would you rather see them both fight roided up or would you rather see them both as 50-ish year old men fight clean? It's a tough one. It's really, yeah, because really tricky, right? It's really tricky. Like if they're roided up or they're allowed to take whatever they like, then... In a way, is that actually like? Does that make it more safe, or does is it, make it equal less safe? playing field, or is it advantage? Is it advantage to one person or the other? I mean, if if, if they're both doing the same thing, it's like a fucking Tour de France. Like they take the titles off all these people. It's like why they were all doing steroids. Like Lance Armstrong was still the best one because they were all doing the steroids. 
it wasn't just him and that's why he won. It's they were all doing steroids and he was still the best. That's the tricky thing, right? Where it's hard to distinguish, like... <sighs> it's so hard in this context to distinguish quality from quantity, right? In other words, like... Okay, so... Like Vitor Belfort, I've heard from my coach, Itzelo, who's a Brazilian. He, he told me always, like... Listen, he was always like Vitor Belfort... His jiu-jitsu, his striking, like, he would always go on about his grappling qualities. He'd be like, dude, black belt playing. He would always talk about uh, lasso and, like, uh, collar, gi, jiu-jitsu. And as a Brazilian, he was extremely fascinated by, like, how good he was at lapel jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Right? But then when you see, like, okay, he's going to fight this 200-pound, 210-pound African... Uh, Hong Kong guy and you just see the difference and you're like okay so it's so hard to d- draw the line between what's acceptable like what will we allow and what do we accept yeah and then even like uh, uh, Elaine fighting uh, the Burmese guy um, oh God, I'm just I'm lost dude uh, bring him up I remember no, Elaine fought uh, Burmese Python. Yeah. Um, I know Tang? Oh. Unlock. Unlock. Because that was, Elaine fought him previously and then Unlock choked him out with the choke. And you just have to decide, like, how do you prioritize this? Like, do you think Anderson Silva can come to one, take his juice, and then is that okay or is it not okay? If Vitor's taking it and he's taking it, is it okay? Or if, like, he's fighting Unlock, who's the middleweight champion, do you allow him to take something? Do you... I think you got to if you like, yeah. The, for the older fighters, like medically speaking, your testosterone decreases as you get older in life. So why not let him have just a little, <laughs> little well, something more? Well, to even keep Anderson. Going? You know, it's it's funny because Anderson just got cut. He just got cut, but Bellator didn't pick him up. A lot of organizations didn't pick him up, but I think one would pick him up. Because you have the you have the Anderson fight, you have the Vitor fight. They can fight together against each other. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you're like, okay, they're both forty plus, however years old. Yeah. If they're both gonna take it, then you're fine. Yeah. But if one of them doesn't, one of them doesn't. That's when the that's when the rub that's when the rub occurs. But that that's when it's cheating. If they're both doing it, then technically by the rules they're cheating. But they're both doing it. But they also Fuck can't it. both be like, oh, we're both on TRT. Because bo-. in, in Singapore, you can't be like, oh, I had my testosterone checked and I had all... Like, they, they don't say any of that. Yeah. Like, one doesn't say anything. With the hydration, with all of this stuff, they don't say anything. So then you have to just kind of take it as a... What, a verbal commitment? As as word for the individual? And that just doesn't work. I, I don't know. It is tricky. It's tricky. And then, okay, so let's let's move on. So the main event, uh, we we had the UFC main event. We had the co-main event. What was the co-main event on that? Uh, co-main was. Uh, let me bring it up. So you got uh, Michael Beza, is it? I watched it. I just can't say the names. He fought. Ty- Okay. If Ready? you clap three times. 
Yes. Right, well, good. Clap three times. Ready? Yes, and do a hard out. And this is the Stronghold Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Lucas Leisure. Uh, you can look up the gym, stronghold.sg. Jake, the producer, shout your shit out, dude. Uh, no, I don't have any shout out. We had a few technical difficulties, so we've done this hard out. It's been very interesting. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Appreciate it so much. Peace.